Good morning, church. Um, coming to you from uh, the church body, uh, the church building itself, pre-recording the message for this Sunday. And uh, as you all know, this has uh, been forced upon us, and so there is no choice but to do it this way. And I pray that God will speak to you through this message, uh, even though it's coming through you to you digitally. Uh, we know that uh, the anointing goes through every form of media. So if you pay attention to the Word of God today, I'm sure that you will be blessed. Um, there's a lot to say about a lot of things, but before we say all of those things, let's pray and seek the Lord for His uh, mercy, His goodness, and His will for us in this time that we are all facing. So Lord, we just want to thank You that You are here and Your presence is with us, that You will lead us and guide us in all that we have to do today and the days ahead that your wisdom is upon us and we thank you that you have put it into our mouths that uh, you will do a new thing lord that is what you're saying to us that through this you will do a new thing through the wilderness you will create a way we are absolutely sure of that and so we commit this message into your hand that will reach every heart who listens to it we thank you that you alone will be glorified through all of this and we thank you for the unction and the anointing to break every work of the devil in the lives of your people. Fear, doubt, and unbelief must be broken right now over your people in the name of Jesus. And Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you in that you will visit us in our homes and in our workplaces, wherever we go, on the streets, in the shopping centers. Lord, thank you for that incredible protection. Your, your favor like a shield around us. And we give you thanks. In Jesus name amen this morning I have a message for you from the book of Isaiah chapter 50 verse 7 and Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 9 and the title of the message is set your face as split now the Word of God says in Isaiah 50 verse 7 let's turn to that um, it's a good thing to have your Bibles with you when you're listening to these messages so that you can check and read things for yourselves. So Isaiah 57, 50 verse 7, it says, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded, therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. The word used here in particular is the word flint now flint is a stone and when I checked on its uh, use and hardness I found that it's a material used to make spears and knives and all of those kind of sharp objects and it has a hardness that is measured out of 10 uh, at 7 that means it's a very hard stone and the Lord is saying here that because of the circumstances that he is facing he's going to set his face as flint this hard stone that means he's going to focus without uh, any distraction whatsoever no matter what is going on around him and he's going to focus on what his father told him this passage actually is talking about the crucifixion is talking about the pre-crucifixion scenarios that he was facing so we get to know the mind of Christ and what was happening to him when God had told him certain things and he knew about the things that were going to happen to him and so he said he set his face as flint now I can imagine that the devil was speaking to him in his mind and telling him so many different things about the cross and what was coming and you know he says he's given his beard to the smiters of his face to pull the beard as well so there's something that was you know not very pleasant that was going to happen to him this was all the foreknowledge of God that was revealed to him he knew about it and he knew he was going to the cross that means that he was going to die and so he, he said irrespective of that irrelevant of that I'm going to set my face as flint and I'm going to fulfill the will of the Father now we're all in difficult times at this moment and we also need to have this attitude of Christ this mind of Christ to set ourselves 
as flint, our faces as flint. We're going to focus. We've got to focus 100% focus on what God has said, not what the circumstances are saying to us. Now, the, the, the various things that are going on in the world uh, through these uh, attacks of the enemy, you know, we, we see that it's not the only thing. There are so many other things that are going on. People are living in refugee camps because of wars. Others are getting, you know, robbed and others are getting into all sorts of difficulty uh, in, in losing their jobs. They don't know where tomorrow is going to come from and all of these things. But you've got to set your face as flint. That's the word of God to us today. He said, in the midst of your circumstances, knowing that you're going to go into this darkness, into this situation, that, that you have to set your face as flint. What does it mean? Exactly, it means you got to focus on the Word of God and what God has already said about you and what He has prepared for you. So we see that, you know, He's, he's going to uh, face a sacrifice, a sacrifice of His own body uh, and not only just die as a man on the cross, but He's going to take the world's sin upon Himself. And that's not an easy thing to do. We know when we try to take on other people's sins, that uh, it's quite a big task and it can destroy us. Well, it was going to destroy Jesus and it already told him that he was going to face the cross. So let's look at this concept of facing the future with a mindset that is like flint. Let's go to the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. And we're going to see what Jesus uh, Jesus' mind was like in, in Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 onwards. He said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So here we see that he became obedient unto the death of the cross. A certain mindset in the foreknowledge of what was going to happen. Now we know that the book of Revelation talks about plagues and destruction and all manners of things that are going to come to the earth. Well, we're seeing them happen not only in what is happening right now, but in earthquakes and in floods and tsunamis and all manners of things that are happening around the world, wars and rumors of wars. So we know that, that the world is in turmoil, it is shaking, it is being shaken. So we have to know what to do in these circumstances and how to prepare ourselves. So Jesus was preparing himself in a certain way for the cross. And it says that he obeyed the word of God. He made himself of no reputation. That means he alienated anything that had to do with his own thinking and his own ways of achieving things which he had already done, miracles, signs and wonders. All of those things have been taken off him now and now it's a matter of sacrifice. So, you know, obedience requires sacrifice. And obedience is better than sacrifice. And so what characteristics of obedience are there that we need to understand so that we can fulfill obedience to win what God has created for us and prepared for us. It requires trust. That means accepting the will of God. So here was the will of God for Jesus to go to the cross and die for the sins of mankind and rise again on the third day. But you know the first step was to die on the cross. Where was the guarantee that he would rise on the third day. The guarantee was in his trust and in the word that God had already said to him and had prophesied even in the books from Genesis through to Revelation that he would rise up on the third day. So it was a preordained thing. Just as the cross was preordained, so also was the resurrection preordained. So that's what we've got to get our hope from is to understand that we do not just pass from this life into nothingness or to just go to death or hell 
No, we, because we believe in Jesus Christ, we pass from this life into a preordained place called heaven where the joy of the Lord is in completeness. There is no sin, there is no darkness, there is no death. So this is our understanding and so we should be glad and go gladly into the circumstances. Remember I've said to you before that you must go into the storm. You shouldn't run away from the storm because the storm will chase you down and bring you down. No, you go into the storm. To go into the storm, you need to have obedience. You need to have faith. You need to walk in understanding and trust of the Word of God. So what else does obedience require? It requires abandonment. That means let go. Let go of all your thoughts. Let go of all the, the comfort zones that you have, the financial situations that you're depending on. Let go of it. Let go of all the backing that you think you have in the world. Let it go because it's of the world. It's not of God. God alone is of God and we need to understand that. So receive what God is saying to you and say, lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways and God will bless you. So abandonment is a key factor in letting go and going to the cross in obedience. Then it requires the fear of the Lord. Now, fear of the Lord brings wisdom and brings understanding. We know that. But along with it, that wisdom brings obedience. And the wisdom speaks on this wise that it says, listen, you're going, Jesus, you're going to the cross for the sake of humanity. And, and, and you're going to get all these wonderful things that you're going to get because of that. So it is not only a good thing to do, it is a wise thing to do. You say, how can dying on the cross be a wise thing to do? Well, the Bible says that he who wins souls is a wise person, right? So Jesus, by going to the cross and dying on the cross and rising again on the third day, he one souls he saved souls amen so you begin to understand hang on there's something about this there's something about sacrifice there's something about obedience that brings a greater uh, result a greater reward a greater blessing that even your mind cannot imagine what it could be and so we have to begin to understand that obedience carries with it great rewards and even if it takes you into the cross takes you into difficult situations Go because you trust the Lord, because you abandon your life into the hands of the Lord. You don't care what is going to happen because the care of the Lord is upon you. Then it requires you not to lean to your own understanding. Now we already spoke about that. So last of all, most of all, I want to say to you, it requires death to self. Now this is the hardest part of obedience in any form, whether it be the slightest thing with a child listening to its parent or you listening to your boss or a flock of the church listening to the pastor. It requires death to self. Why should I die? What, and all these questions will arise in your mind. You know, it's not worth it. And how do I know that I'm going to get a result out of it? But the thing is that once you decide, okay, this is the critical thing, is deciding. That is the setting your face as free. Once you decide, no matter what temptation comes to you, no matter what offers come to you, in any form, you must set your face as flint and die to yourself. You know, oftentimes people uh, tell me they want to go into ministry and then they'll say, oh, we've got this great job and we've been blessed by this great job in the ministry. It pays a lot. We've got a beautiful house and everything. And then the Lord speaks. And the Lord says, son, that's not the place I want you to go. I want you to go and work amongst the triad, or I want you to work amongst the prostitutes, or I want you to work amongst the lepers, or I want you to go to some other place. That's going to be really, really difficult. And now here comes the battle. Do I obey the Lord? Here is, you know, uh, Jonah being asked by the Lord to go to Nineveh and tell the people that they need to repent but he doesn't want to do it because he he's already made up his mind as to what kind of people they are and he feels that he will be threatened he might even be killed there if he goes and tells them to repent because they were such a fierce fierce people but the lord said no that's where your ministry is you need to go there because that's what people are want to say so you've got to understand that you've got to understand that the prophetic works in a way that you it requires you to die to yourself amen you want to serve the lord you got to listen to the lord and you got to understand what he's saying so right now in this scenario you know we've got to die to self we've got to stop worrying 
You've got to stop fearing. You've got to stop thinking, where will I get my next meal from? And all of those things. No, you've set your face as flint and you say, I'm going to the next level through this because God is doing a new thing. God is making a way in the wilderness. That's what he promised and that's what he will do. And that is the way of the Lord. You know, we've got to understand that. Jesus, you know, often speaks about his own death and tells people about what is going to happen to them. And one of the aspects of his death was the shame of it. The shame of it was that he would be crucified naked before his family, having done all the wonderful things that he did, and have no explanation for them or anybody else as to why he was dying on the cross. You know, people often ask about the sacrifice that one gives or one does. And, and he said, why, why do you want to do that? You know, it's going to bring you shame or it's going to make you uh, look bad or whatever it is. And, you know, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We focus on the one true God that we know has proven himself over and over and over again. We shall not be ashamed. That is the guarantee. Even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of the worst scenarios, just like when it looks like everything is going to fall apart, you know, you will not be ashamed because God is going to prove himself for you. Okay, you say, ah, oh, but does that mean in this lifetime? I don't know. It's up to the Lord. If he wants to save you at the last minute, he'll do that. If he doesn't want to save you at the last minute, he will take you home and he will still bring glory to everything that he has purposed in you. And you've got to understand this. This is what Jesus went through. Jesus had to die to self and he had to come to that place where he says, Okay, I will take the shame of all that people are uh, you know, saying and rebuking me about and putting me down and all of those things. I will take it all because I have the assurance that I will not be ashamed. And who's sitting on the throne today? Jesus is. He's ruling and reigning. He's over all the principalities and powers. And they're, they're wondering what happened here. We, we put him on the cross. He's supposed to be finished. But instead of that, God has glorified him and seated him upon the throne. And God will do the same thing for you as you go through this crisis, as you go through daily life. You know, I, I don't want to emphasize too much on this crisis. I want to emphasize on what is coming. And what God, I can tell you a thousand things about what people are saying. I've been watching it on YouTube and you know they're saying it's this and it's that and I, I'm really not interested. I'm interested in what the Word of God is saying and how to prepare my heart for what is coming. I want, I want that veil of darkness to be lifted off so that I can go through that veil into the light and then come into that place where I'm positioned by God to be able to understand what He had prepared for me before. Because the eye had not seen, the ear heard, or has entered into the heart what God has prepared. There's something glorious coming out of this. The darkness will lift and God himself will be seen. And many will know and understand that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's go to Isaiah 54 and verse 5. This is one of my most favorite verses because this set me free from a lot, a lot of things that I thought was holding me. And God said, listen son, you know, I know you've served me, you've, you've followed my ways, you've done everything you have asked you to do. Because 1 to 3 says expand, enlarge, do all of that. And I said, Lord, I'm not interested because I've done it and all I've done is got whacked by the devil. Then he caused me to read, fear not, verse 4. For thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. See this? Neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. Thou shalt not be confounded. That is what we read in Isaiah 50, verse 7. In, he said, Therefore shall I not be confounded, for the Lord my God will help me. And he said, Therefore, see, therefore is saying, because of this, because of what God said, because of what I know, because of what has become remind to my spirit, because of that, because it's the hardened word of God, because it is the it is the foundation upon which I stand, because therefore, therefore I have set my face like flame. So people will come and tell you, hey, listen, you're crazy me to doing this or living like this or thinking like this. And you say, no, I have set my face like flint because God has spoken to me and I will not be ashamed. I know a thousand times when I could have come to shame, 
I was broken, I was defeated, I was destroyed, I'd come to the last moment, the devil was laughing, you know, people were laughing, all manners of people said, oh, what's going to happen now? Because you come to the end of it, even now, the devil is saying, you come to the end of it. No, this is the beginning, my friend, of the next phase, of the next level of faith, and we need to grasp that. We need to position ourselves based on what God said and the word that he spoke to us. So determination to keep the faith in God in the worst of scenarios is the ability to stay sane. <laughs> to stay sane. Now how much of a mental health problem are we facing in the world today? People's minds are just broken. They don't know if they're coming or going or what's happening to them and, and why these things are coming. And you know, there's a global crisis going on, there's a problem going on, but people are confused, they don't know what to do, they're confounded as the word of God says, and, and they said, oh, what are we going to do, you know? And God says, no, don't worry about it. Keep the faith. Keep the faith out of determination. In the worst of scenarios, it keeps you sane. Well, it keeps me sane. My mind is ordered by the Lord. My steps are ordered by the Lord. My emotions are ordered by the Lord. Why? Because the Word of God speaks. The Word of God is living. It's a two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit. Discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So that the Holy Spirit can say, Hey son, hey daughter, you're thinking the wrong way. You should be thinking this way. This way is insanity. This way is sanity. But the way of the Lord sometimes looks like insanity. It looks like what a crazy thing to do in a time like this. And God says, no, just do exactly that. And you will see the power and the glory of the Lord coming upon you. You know, we, we, we've got to stop depending on ourselves. This is what the key is. And uh, of the message is, don't depend on yourself. Because the more you depend on yourself, right, the less God has a chance to speak to you. As I said to you, He cannot reach you in your lounge chair because you are too comfortable. You've worked it all out. And so He says, well, I can't talk to you because you won't listen. You know, faith is something that we must have in the last days. Jesus wanted to know that when He comes in the last days, whether there will be faith upon the earth. It is to be sane. Faith is sanity. You say, what does that mean? It means that you are reaching into the supernatural. That's where sanity lives, right? It is in the supernatural. It's not in the natural. Sanity doesn't live in the natural. You see the crazy stuff that's going on around the world, right? And has been for thousands of years. Why? Because man doesn't know how to control his mind. Only the Word of God can teach you how to control your mind and direct your steps. So if you take those steps according to the Word of God, it will keep you sane. And you will not be confused. You will not, do I do this or do I do that? That is confounded. That is double-mindedness. No, you know what to do because God spoke to you. And you know the Word of God is true and it shall not lie. So begin to seek God, God's Word, and, and by faith make it happen. You know, faith makes a way. See, faith is actually doing something. It is actually an action. Okay, so it's making a way. You know, and it goes to keep going through all circumstances. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. The times that are upon us require us to understand the word of God. So Isaiah 40, verse 3, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Here is John the Baptist. He has not yet come. It's already prophesied that he will come. And, you know, he is going to prepare a way. What is that way? The way is Jesus. I am the way. And the truth and the life. So he's going to prepare the way for Jesus to come. And when Jesus comes, you know, sanity comes, wisdom comes, understanding comes, knowledge comes, salvation comes. And you are set free to follow God. Whereas before you were in despair, wondering what is going to happen. You don't know what is going to come after death. None of those things were made clear. But now when Jesus comes, he says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Then he begins to tell us about who the one who is the one who creates confusion and insanity and he says the devil 
The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. He says, there is an enemy and you've got to deal with him through the word of God. You have to face him. And he may, you may go through a wilderness of God. You may go through a wilderness of the devil. You may go through a wilderness of your own. But I want you to understand something. That if you turn your heart to God, if you start seeking him in his word, you know, you will not soon be shaken. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Because there's something going to happen that is even greater than what is happening now. And you know, we need to understand that there are things that are, don't have rusty rivets and uh, nails that don't fix to wood properly. And they're going to be shaken and they're going to fall apart because of something that God is going to do. And so Hebrews 12, 26 says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he that had, he had promised saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Wow. God is going to shake heaven. Something is going to happen in the heavenlies. You know, the stars are going to fall out. There are all sorts of things are going to happen. So anything that is held together by rusty rivets and nails that don't fix properly or, or, or foundations that are not built upon the Lord Jesus Christ, they're all going to fall. They're all going to crumble. Only those who are believing and trusting in God are going to stand. You're going to get supernatural provision. Things are going to happen beyond your imagination that even you never thought you could have prayed for. He says, for God can do far more exceedingly abundantly than you can ever hope to ask or think according to the power that works within him. You know that ask and think is also to pray. Even if you pray, you won't be able to pray the right prayer because the Holy Spirit has not given it to you to pray. And you know, that is God's glory. That's the way God gets his glory. He says, you know, you, you, you think I, I have stopped creating. He said, no, I'm creating now. I'm creating now so that you cannot say that, you know, that you, are, you created it already. No, I'm creating now. God is creating something now. This way in the supernatural, no one can figure it out. Our wilderness experience is that, is, is, that has caused us to live by the word. When you get into wilderness, where are you going to turn? Who are you going to turn to? You know, when uh, Peter ran to Jesus and he said, you have the words of life, where will I go? Because Jesus asked his disciples to eat his bread, eat his body, his flesh, and drink his blood. And they couldn't understand that. And, and, and they said, what is this? And they left. And so Jesus turned around to Peter and he said, are you going to leave too? And he said, where will I go? You've got the words of life. My friends, the body of Christ is us. We've got a fellowship. You don't leave the body of Christ because that's where the sustenance is. That's where God is doing the download of the supply from heaven into the body of Christ, wherever you are. You know, if you're gathering together, you're the body of Christ. Okay, nowadays the church concept with the building and all of those things, I don't think it's going to last very long. Honestly, I don't think it's going to last very long. But it's there for the moment. You know, come where you have fellowship, you have the right word, people are talking the right things, they're thinking the same things, they're doing it because that's where the supply is that you need. And so we have to live by the word. God says live by the word. You know, that word is the foundation. Without that foundation, you will go down. You will fall for sure. Let's go to Luke 47, Luke 6, 47 and 48. Luke 6, 47 to 48. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Now I just told you, God is going to shake the heavens. Wow, what does that mean? It means a lot of things, okay? But it's going to be frightening. Whatever God is going to do, it's going to be frightening. But he says that the assurance is that if you built your house, that is the temple of the living God, where the Holy Spirit lives. Your body, your soul, your spirit must be founded upon the Word of God. You cannot just, you know, go towards healing only. You've got to go towards a sane and sound mind. You've got to go through proper emotions. You've got to set all of them on the foundation of the Lord. Okay, because body, soul and spirit, they all need to be connected upon the Word of God. The building is built upon the body, soul and 
spirit. While we are on earth, that's the case. And so we've got to walk according to that because otherwise what's going to happen, our foundations are going to be shaken and they will crumble and they will fall. So Bible says, where will the righteous go if their foundation is removed? See, what the devil is doing in this time, he's trying to remove the foundation of the church. He's trying to put isolation and division between people so that we cannot even shake hands, we cannot even help people. Yesterday we were in the park and this little boy fell down on the grass and I, and I couldn't go and reach him because if I went to reach him, his parents would say, hey, don't touch them. You know, Isaac, my grandson, ran to, to, towards the boy and I said, no, don't do it. I felt so bad, I was broken. I couldn't help that little boy. He could have been hurt badly, but I couldn't do anything. And I said to the Lord, don't ever let me get into that situation again, where I will be stopped by these kind of things to come to the place where I can't help somebody or I can't come to a person in time of need. I don't want to be like that. I want to be able to break through, even in the darkest moments, even against all those things that would come. And so from this moment on, I've set my face as flint that I will not back off from helping people. So, you know, we must walk on the foundation that is Jesus. Today, many foundations are falling. Okay, the money God has had his problems and he's almost destroyed. Now they don't know what to do. And then there are other uh, foundations that are falling. All the, the fun and the frolic and the entertainment industries are all down. The, the hotel industries are down. Everybody's down, basically. Right? All the foundations are gone. So where will we go? What are we going to do? Government help us. Now how much do you think the government can put money into what is needed? No, they cannot. There's only a limit. If they keep printing money, you're going to find that money becomes useless. So we've got to know where our foundation is. Where is our help going to come from? And so we need to set our face at this time like Flint and believe upon the word of God that it cannot be shaken. It will not be shaken. You may have doubts about it. Maybe something's happened in your life where you put your trust in the Lord and it didn't work out, okay? But you've got to ask yourself, did I really put my trust in the Lord? Did I really understand the ways of the Lord? You know, God has brought me through so many difficulties in life. A drug addict, alcoholic, all sorts of problems with my mind, you know, coming out of that and going through problems with humanity on all levels. And, and yet God has brought me out through that because, you know, I set my heart upon the Lord. I set my face as flint. Things didn't work out, okay? But I said, no, I'm going to just keep trusting the Lord. I'm and when I say the word, the word is the Lord, okay? He's a living God. He's a God who speaks. He talks to us and we talk to him. That's how we are able. I was witnessing to a person that I know and he was saying, what do you think about these last days and what's happening? And I said, you know, religion has destroyed everything because it takes away and alienates personal encounter and personal relationship with the Lord. It's about format rules, regulations and all manners of other things, tradition, but not the relationship with the Lord. It's not about that. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. God is sovereign. He can choose whom he wants to relate to and whom he wants to talk to and whom he wants to fellowship with. He was amongst the sinners most of his time while he was on the earth. And you know, he didn't worry about being touched by them or, or, or being handled by them or sitting down with them and having a meal. No, because he wanted to reach them. So we have to understand that, you know, the world is imploding. The economy is imploding. The fear of all the things that are happening around the world they, you know, the, it will wipe out things. It will wipe out things it already has. And so we've got to begin to understand the ways of the Lord. My question is, why don't they realize that it is fear that is wiping out the world? Okay? And putting it into the hands of chaos and confusion. Well, I don't have the answer for that other than to tell you it's demonic. Okay? Whatever is happening is demonic. And God is allowing it to happen. I've never seen anything like this in my life and it's happening to the extent that it is happening Nobody expected it even the prophets who prophesied about its coming and were accurate Couldn't have imagined that it was going to be to this extent. So what does it mean? What is the God said I'm shaking the world? I'm shaking the world Okay, now this is the whole world. This is not just one country or one little part of a country This is the entire world being shaken. That is the world system 
that is humanity and the world system is being shaken and along with this will be the physical shaking of things that will fall and things that will come down from the heavens the stars and other asteroids and planets and all manners of things will come and start to destroy the physical earth that also will be a shaking let's go to mark chapter 13 verse 24 to 25 mark 13 24 and 25 but in those days after that tribulation the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken wow something is going to happen in the physical now let's go to Joel chapter 3 Joel chapter 3 verse 16 Joel chapter 3 verse 16 the Lord also shall roar out of Zion you know the Lord spoke to me in the night time when I was praying and he said the land is roaring <laughs> it's actually the lion who roars but the Lord is the lamb Jesus is the lamb he is roaring the Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel what an affirmation of his goodness towards his own people that he will be the hope of his people in the midst of this greatest crisis that he himself is going to roar he himself is going to say things that you will not be able to contain in the natural you will not be able to contain it you know when the Jews surrounded the mountain when God asked him to come and he came down with fire the mountain started to melt and he spoke and the trumpets went off they couldn't handle it they just said no no we don't want to hear this because it's just too much for us so Moses you you talk to the Lord and you find out what he has to say for us you know that's going to happen they're going to they're going to hear the trumpets blasting so loud that they're going to run and hide because that's going to happen the roar of the Lord is going to happen and that roar is the lamb that's going to roar not the lion because the lamb is roaring now and the, and you know it's an it's anomaly it's a contradiction in terms but that's what's going to happen and that is happening along with that the collection of the elect is soon okay that we always talk about rapture we talk about all manners of the things that are going to happen some say there is there isn't and all this sort of stuff really to tell you the truth I don't care one way or another all I know is that I'm going to be with the Lord and the Lord is going to come and you just have to be ready every second of the day for when the Lord would come okay so you've got to be marked and be ready and so that means to be marked means marked by the Holy Spirit sealed by the Holy Spirit that you are the child of God and you should be walking with the Lord not living in sin not one leg in the world and one leg with the Lord and saying oh well all this will pass away and then we can just carry on with normal life and you know, I'll just go back to church and pretend to be a Christian while well, you can't do that anymore okay you've got to start believing that soon God is going to come and collect the elect and then the elect will be gone and then there will be more chaos on the earth than never before seen in the history of mankind let's go to Mark 13 and we're going to look at a couple of verses Mark 13 28 to 29 now learn a parable of the fig tree when a branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves you know what summer is near you know that summer is near so in like manner when you shall see these things come to pass know that it is nigh even at the doors now here is an indication given to us that we can by the events that go on around the world know that the time is near when you go to a doctor the doctor asks you the symptoms so out of the symptoms he will determine what is wrong with you likewise in the, in natural life and in spiritual life we see that symptoms or science as they say you know are the indicators of what is coming 
Now, we might say, oh, well, it's ambiguous. It's not ambiguous because the signs have been proven, okay? And the man who's spent his time in the Word, spent his time in prayer, seeking the Lord, knows the Lord, and understands the times, okay? That's what he wants us to do, understand the times. So it's very, very important to realize that when you see the fig tree, as he says, when the fig tree is putting out its leaves, you know that summer is close. Summer is harvest time. Summer is time when you collect up that which is going to be born out of the fruit of the tree, which has gone through difficulty of winter and all the other things that it has gone through has been nurtured. You know, the church has gone through a lot all these years. The body of Christ has suffered so much. But the time has come now for the body of Christ. For those who believe, and they're, and they're going to get ready and they're going to go up with Jesus when he comes for them. Whether you go up in the rapture or whether you just die and go up, you need to be ready because you're still the church. Amen. So the eternal harvest is very, very near. There is going to be a bigger, larger collection of people. That also has been said and been written down in the Bible for us. So we know that those of us who are ready are going to keep going and keep staying ready because we don't know when it's going to happen. But in the meantime, with all the difficulties that are going on and all the difficulties that are going to come and all the darkness that's going to come upon the earth, we have to set our faces like flint and not be soon shaken. Amen? Not be soon shaken. The world will continue to deteriorate one way or another. You see, what is going to happen is that he, the Antichrist, is going to come. My personal faith and belief is that all these things are being set up for that. When have you ever seen all the governments of the world coming together in agreement? Today's news, they've agreed to put in so many trillions of dollars, all of the governments of the world, to fight this situation. When have they ever come together like this? Never. Okay? The body of Christ, you know, needs to come together like this. Right? And pray and seek the Lord and come to know the Lord. Yes, there are differences. There are doctrinal differences between us. There are belief differences. But you've got to understand that the true body of Christ must come together in the spirit. Okay? When you come together in the spirit, it's a different realm. It's a different place. Okay? Because there are going to be a lot of false prophets and false teachers and they're going to say, come together. Like there are some things going on right now where they're going to try and bring the churches and the world leaders of religions together to form a one world religion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about standing with the Holy Spirit who will give you the discernment as to who's of God and who's not of God. Amen? So get ready. The AC, the Antichrist, is going to come. And I believe it's all being set up for him. And you need to be ready to understand that the time is coming. All these events that happen, the more disasters that happen, <coughs> the only thing that it will indicate to me, okay, is not that disasters are happening. What will indicate to me is that prophecy is coming to, to pass and that the departure, my departure, your departure is very soon. Hallelujah. When the signs come and we know that it's prophecy, it's written, it's to the letter, to the T, and, and it's, hey, get ready. It's your time for departing this earth. So do not look for the world or for world answers because they have none. They cannot give you what is needed after this life. Maybe in this lifetime they can provide this and that and the other. Okay? But not what is required after this life. Remember that. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about a, a life that goes beyond this life. That's why he came. Okay? That's why he came, because he saw humanity being destroyed and being put to hell and all this sort of stuff. And, and he said, no, it's time. I've got to come. So the same way he came for his uh, crucifixion, the same way he will return. The, Bible, the angels told the disciples, why are you gazing up into the air? The same way he went up, the same way he's going to come down. He's coming and you better be ready because it's going to be a one-on-one -on -one encounter with him. And we're all going to meet him. We're all going to see him and things are going to happen. So even though all these things that are happening now is shaking the world to the core, okay, it is because people have been blinded by the devil into what God is doing. And not, you know, you look at the problem. You don't look at what God is doing 
And you say, what is God going to do in the midst of this? Well, God has already done it. It is up to us to determine what God is doing by getting into this word, by praying and asking the Lord. The answers are in here, my friend. The antidote for any sickness is in here. The antidote for poverty is in here. The antidote for death is in here. The antidote for sadness is in here. The antidote for everything that you need in this life and the one to come is in here. His name is Jesus. And these are his words written down for us. And you and I need to know that. I'm looking forward to the end of days, but before that, I want to see souls saved. If my destiny is to go through trials and tribulations in order for souls to be saved, so be it. Again, many will cry out in the last days and say, Lord, take us up. You know, that's not going to happen. You're going to leave you here to understand certain things that you have not understood, which has been talking to you for some time. And the only way he's going to get to you is by leaving you here. And understand them. So why don't you get on your knees and start saying, Lord, teach me of your ways. Teach me of what is happening now. How do I prepare myself? And he will begin to speak. Don't just keep throwing questions to him without waiting for to receive the answer. Be silent and receive the answer and he will speak to you. God always speaks. I'm telling you, God always speaks to his people. He's a God who loves us and cares for us. And he will speak to his people. You know, he spoke to me when I was a sinner. I didn't listen for years and years and years and years and years. Why would he speak to a sinner? You know, he said, God doesn't have anything to do with sinners. No, he does. He has everything to do with sinners. Okay. He wants sinners saved. That's why he's talking to us. That's why he's saying, come on now, get your act together. And come to me. Come and believe and receive what Jesus has done and what I'm doing through Jesus. So, my, uh, as we come to the end of this message, I want you to understand something that you must keep your faith. That is what is all designed to do, is to take away your faith. If you lose your faith, you've lost it all. If you've kept your faith, you've kept it all. Because God has already prepared something in faith for you and me, okay? If you throw away your faith at the last minute, then you've lost it all. But if you keep your faith through trial, and you just gotta read Hebrews chapter 11, to see what people did to keep their faith through the most difficult of times. Okay, just please go and read Hebrews 11. It will tell you exactly the kind of depth of destruction and sorrow and suffering that people went through. But they kept their faith because they believed in God. They set their faces as friends. They said, no, I trust my God. He will never let me be ashamed. He will not allow me to be confused. And they were not. They were not. Because because of that, we have the gospel today. Because of that, we can preach the gospel today. So don't get carried away with your own importance and your own jobs and your finances and your, you know, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. No, my thing is set your face as flint and then God will do what he has to do because he sees you wanting righteousness, desiring righteousness and walking with him. God will continue to shake the world, okay? That's not going to stop. So get prepared for that. It's never going to be the same again. And everything is going to get even worse. Is what the word of God has already prophesied. So position yourself. And doing it by faith will also get you into the right place at the right time. And you will be saved by God. God does not want you to fear. And so he gives us grace. And he gives us strength. I'm guaranteed. I'm guaranteed in my heart. That he will see me through such a time. And to me this is not a big thing. You know people have gone through much worse than this. In wars and, and in uh, shutdowns and curfews. And you know being shot on sight. And all this sort of stuff. Because of wars. You know much worse than this. But you've got to begin to understand. That there's a, a realm of the spirit. That is operating in fear. That's operating in a blindness. That is coming globally. God is allowing it. But it's being demoniacally controlled and dispersed. Now you take authority over your own mind and over your own circumstances and situations. Using the word, wearing the whole armor of God. Set your faces for and say, I will not be moved. You know, God spoke to me. You know, it's a common verse that we use. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Well, if you read the previous verse, it says that God made the destroyer who makes the weapons. 
What does that mean? It means he knows the kind of weapons Satan is making to destroy the earth. So because of that, he will not allow those weapons to destroy you. Okay? And right now there are things happening that are trying to destroy us, but it will not. Because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That's the word of the Lord. And you know, no word spoken against us shall prosper. No curse, no nothing, no matter what anybody says. I don't care what they say, it will not prosper. It is knowing what to do. It is knowing how to position oneself. And that means setting your face fixed on what God has said to you in His Word. Whether He's prophesied it, whether He's written it down, whether you got a rima while you were reading the Word, having a shower, driving your car, talking to a friend, listening to a message, God spoke to you. Right? Hang on to that. Because that's life. That's the sustenance in the wilderness. That's the food that you need. So hang on. And God will bless you. You know, we will continue to talk. And God will bless you as we do. But now the time has come to close our eyes and pray and seek the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe that God will bless you through it. And I pray that you will ardently follow the things that I've said because the word says it, not me. You know, one of the last verses that we want to read is Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 9. As an adamant harder than flint, have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Wow, what a word. He said, I've already made your forehead like a flint. Okay, so don't worry about it. Don't look into the eyes. Don't look into the situation. Don't look and hear what they're saying. Don't worry about all those things. You say, how can, how can it be? I can't hear you, God. You're invisible. I can't see you and all this sort of stuff. You say, hey, are you walking with the Lord? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, have you ever heard the Lord in your life? Has He even spoken once to you? Go back to that. Go back to that. Because that's the Lord. And He's speaking to us now. So if you've hardened your heart over the years, soften your heart. Let God make your forehead adamant. Let God make your forehead like flintstone. Right? And you push through all the darkness that is trying to surround you. We bless you in the name of Jesus. And as we close this meeting, Lord, I bless everyone who's listening to this message. I thank you that they will stand strong in this hour. Not only because they have taken it upon themselves to stand strong, but because they see the hand of God in their life, because they hear the voice of God speaking to them, because they have that interaction with you, that all the veils will be removed, all the stumbling blocks, all the blockages of the devil will be removed. That stops your people from listening to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless us and cause us to come back soon together that we might rejoice, we might dance in this place and glorify your name and sing songs of worship unto you, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. Thank you for what you're going to do. Keep everyone safe. Not one of these church members will be affected. Lord, in the blood of Jesus, we thank you for the breakthrough. Amen and amen.